All right, folks, welcome to Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. I'm your host, Ryan Blackburn at NBA Blackburn on Twitter. It is Wednesday nights as I am recording this for the second time, <laughs> just to... Uh, just to give you full disclosure, I deleted the first recording of this 42-minute podcast um, by complete accident. It was a complete and utter mistake. Did not save the podcast before I started editing it. Made the wrong mouse click, and it just disappeared off the face of the planet. So I walked away from my computer. I made myself an alcoholic beverage that has uh, Bacardi in it. And I am now back to record this podcast for, because my God, uh, not only do I did I have to subject myself to watching that game, not only did I have to subject myself to podcasting about that game, but now I'm subjecting myself to podcasting about that game for a second time. Uh, this is the dream as a Nuggets podcaster. Good Lord. Uh, the Nuggets lose on Wednesday night, uh, final score 108-94 to the Oklahoma City Thunder of all teams. Uh, the Thunder are 11-19. and As bad as they are, the Nuggets are 15-15 and now. They are only four games ahead of the Thunder, which should tell you more about the Nuggets than it should about the Thunder at this point. That is absurd. That is just... Um, yeah, it's just it's just been a real slog for this Nuggets team for a long time. And the starters, I think they really em- like they uh were very emblematic of that in this game. That it is is a really tough season and sometimes a little bit of effort will change everything. And the difference between Denver's bench, which generally is really bad, and the starters tonight, which generally is really good, uh, the, the primary difference was effort, and Michael Malone was very adamant about that in his post-game presser. He just wanted players that would try, and that is why he benched the Nuggets starters in the middle of the third quarter for them to never see the game again, despite the fact that Denver had this game down to single digits at various points in the fourth quarter on the backs of their bench unit. Going to talk about the starters in the first segment, bench in the second segment, and then, because I'm doing this for the second time, maybe I will, uh, I'll probably abbreviate the third segment a little bit and just instead of ranting a whole heck of a lot, uh, just uh, try to talk about effort a little bit. Okay, starters. Um, Nikola Jokic is the guy who sets the tone. I think it's clear that when he is playing well, the Nuggets have a chance in every single game. Full stop. Because usually the rest of the players take on his, uh, they take on his mentality. They take on his uh, confidence that he brings to games, that he brings to these scenarios where as long as you have the best player in the world, you can do just about anything. And in this game, in 25 minutes, Nikola Jokic had 13 points, seven rebounds, and three assists. Two blocks, three turnovers. 25 minutes, that's that's not a really bad stat line by any stretch of the word, but Nikola Jokic has to be better than how he played. And he's the guy who sets the tone on both ends of the floor. It's not Aaron Gordon on the defensive end. It's Jokic. He's the guy that has to step up, make the right plays. I thought that he did in the first quarter. I, I honestly think that he did, where OKC, they did score 28 points in that quarter, but a lot of that was when Jokic came off the floor 
A lot of that wasn't his fault. And for a lot of that, uh, he got blocks, he got rebounds, he helped kind of lead the offense and then get them into where they needed to go. Uh, Then when he came off the floor, the bench offense didn't score for the rest of the quarter. And that's that's an issue, and we'll talk about that in the second segment. But um, Jokic has to be better on defense. He was playing deep drop coverage, and a lot of that, it relies on the perimeter players to do what they need to do from a rotation standpoint, from an effort standpoint, from a physicality standpoint. It relies on them to be at their best, and Aaron Gordon wasn't at his best tonight. Will Barton was far from his best. Monte Morris, uh, I'm not sure what his best is, but it wasn't this. Just a really, really bad overall perimeter defense from Denver, and because of that, Shea Gilgis Alexander got into the paint. He was attacking Nikola Jokic one on t- or two on one with Derek Favors, with uh, Jeremiah Robinson Earl, guys like that, and that was a big problem for this Nuggets group. They couldn't stop it. They they didn't really have the capability to do so. And it starts with Jokic because if he imposes his will in this game, that changes. Like if he steps up a little bit, if he doesn't play as much drop coverage, if they decide to play more aggressively, get the ball out of Shea Gildas Alexander's hands a little bit better, maybe pre-rotate a little bit better, then that's a little bit... Um, I think that's a little bit better for the Nuggets, in my in my opinion. But the fact is, is that they're trying to play drop to try to save Jokic's energy. And I think that led the rest of the group to just say, hey, look, we don't really need to play that hard tonight. Uh, we're going to play in drop coverage and just going to let the chips fall where they may in the kind of the middle restricted area. Um, and the Thunder kind of hit their, they hit their shots in the paint hit every single one, or at least enough of them, that it really broke Denver's defense. And then they hit enough residual shots to really change the game too. So effort wasn't great. I think Jokic can help there. I think he can help on the offensive end too, because he only took nine shots. Like I know that they were doubling, but he has to be better in terms of taking, like he took five twos and four threes. That ratio is too bad. Like, it's it's not good enough. He needs to be more aggressive as a driver, as a paint guy, as somebody who takes over. Uh, kind of like how Shea Gilgis Alexander did tonight. And he just, like, Jokic just didn't do it. He didn't want it. And that's too bad. Like, he wanted to make the passes. He wanted to help get other guys going. And they let him down, too. So... Jokic, I've I've said this constantly, he has to be more selfish. And the way that he's more selfish is he has to, um, sometimes it is conserving energy on the defensive end, but not in a game like tonight. He needs to get his guys going in a game like tonight where he realizes that they don't have it. So that's playing more aggressively at the level. That's playing with more physicality on the interior. And that's demanding more shots. He can't be the guy who takes nine shots in a game has to be taking 15 plus at least. Jeff Green was pretty good as a starter tonight. Wasn't really like a lot to talk about there. And after doing this already once, I'm not going to do it again. He was fine. He was okay. Hit a corner three, missed a couple free throws, uh, but he was the best rotational defender tonight. 
Will Barton was really bad. And I'm not going to get into it too much because it's kind of just mean. Uh, but he's regressed really hard. After coming back from his illness, he has shot 8 of 29 from the field in his last three games. He's hit single digits in all three. That's 27% from the field. And his defense is so bad. Like It is really, really hard to watch him right now. And he's just not bringing the energy. He's not bringing the execution on either end of the floor to really justify being out there. The problem is, is that the Nuggets need him out there since they have so many injuries already. So I hope that he gets back on track. Hope that he figures it out. But the fact is, is that he's really struggling. And the Nuggets need him to be better than what he has been. Like seven points, two assists, three of 11 from the field. That is not good enough offensive production from a guy that's supposed to be Denver's second best offensive player. Like, that's not good enough, man. Monte Morris took only five shots tonight. And it's in situations like these where he's got 10 points and five assists in 25 minutes that you want to see him take more shots. You want to see him push the pace, push the tempo, push the envelope a little bit more, push Will Barton off ball, push Aaron Gordon off ball, run the two-man game with Jokic. Just do that over and over and over again, because I think that if they had done that a little bit more, then they would have been more successful, the Nuggets starting unit. Because Aaron Gordon wasn't super successful from the perimeter. Neither was Will Barton. Neither was Jeff Green, really. They went three of 12 combined from three, those three. And Jokic also went one of four. So really it was four of 16 for 25%. And then Monte Morris made his only three-point attempt. So that's not good enough. That's just like, it's not going to fly. And the fact is, is that they took a lot of those shots, um, not under under duress, but just wide open shots that they should be hitting. But the energy that they had in this game, I'm not surprised that they didn't hit them because they just didn't have a lot to give. And it's too bad. Aaron Gordon needs to be better on defense than he was. That I will say, like, it's just... He will go through these stints where he's playing very well against a guy like a Trey Young, and that even though he gets the numbers, it certainly feels like he's making an impact on Trey. Like he's forcing him into shots that he doesn't want to take. Whereas with Shea Gilgis Alexander, he was getting to the spots that he wanted every single time. 12 assists, one turnover for Shea. And Aaron Gordon was the primary defender on him several times. Now, when he wasn't, when somebody else was the primary defender, uh, whether it was Austin Rivers, whether it was Vlaco, whether it was Will, uh, whether it was even Monte. Like, Monte, I thought, gave a little bit of good effort at the beginning of the game. Um, and that was actually where Shea wasn't making as many shots. I could be wrong about that. It's been a while. And this is the second recording. But Aaron Gordon let him get to his spots. Got screened by Derek Favors, wasn't able to avoid those screens, and Denver really uh, reaped the consequences of that, where you've got a two-on-one by Shea and Derek Favors, and those guys were just money in the paint. So hopefully Denver gets better. Hopefully they figure this out. Uh, They need to figure it out pretty quickly because uh, they've got the Charlotte Hornets on Thursday. So hopefully the starters use being benched as a means of motivation for a game like they need and hopefully playing in front of home fans where you're kind of letting down those fans if you don't give effort. Hopefully that means something to them in that context. 
want to take a break to talk to you about DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app, because it is Christmas week here at DraftKings, and they have a gift that'll certainly put you in the holiday spirit. New customers can bet just $5 on any NBA team, and if you win, you win $150 in free bets. It's a great way to put some extra jingle in your pocket. Because DraftKings, they're putting on a lot of great Christmas spirit activities, and this one is the Holiday Free Bet Surprise, where everyone will get a free bet up to $50 instantly. Because when DraftKings, they're giving away $10 million in prizes, and you could get up to $50. You could get a $17 bet. You could get a $26 bet. You could get a a $35 bet. It really, like... You don't know what you're going to get, but as long as you log into DraftKings and sign up, you will have that opportunity to get free money. And then you place that on just a a massive wager so that if it hits, then it's free. That's pretty cool. DraftKings, they are safe, secure, and reliable. You can deposit and withdraw your cash whenever you want. So make sure to download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and use promo code MHS. Bet just $5 on any NBA team and win $150 in free bets. If they're victorious, that's promo code MHS, only at DraftKings Sportsbook. Must be 21 or older, Colorado only, new customers only, restrictions apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. We'll be right back on Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, if you could, it would be awesome if you could rate, review, and subscribe on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, let's talk about the bench, where I thought that they had kind of an up and down experience, and like it was really emblematic of the first versus second half, where I thought that everything kind of went wrong for Denver's bench. Not everything, but, but a lot of things went wrong in the first half. Second half, they really figured it out, where... Denver starters, they didn't have it, and the bench, they do kind of give as much effort as they possibly can to get back into it. Uh, Didn't really work initially, but the fourth quarter was very good for the Nuggets bench. Uh, Let's start with Bones Highland, though, who was in and out of this game. Uh, He rolled his ankle again. He was beginning to look really good at the beginning of the second quarter, kind of getting Denver's offense going. And then he rolls his ankle I don't know if it was playing defense. I don't know if it was playing offense. I can't remember, but he rolled his ankle and ultimately had to be taken out of the game so that he could nurse that back, Uh, got some treatment on it, and then was able to go and get some minutes in the second half. But Michael Malone decided he wanted to uh, pull the plug on that. Malone said that he wanted to prevent further injury because he saw that Bones was limping a little bit out there, looked a little bit gimpy. But it's too bad because... Bones had played pretty well. He had five points. He had a a nice deep three. He had a nice drive against Kenrich Williams, who I talked about on the pod with Dan Favalli on this previous day. And when he kind of left and they came back with the ankle, after the ankle injury, he just wasn't the same player. He just clearly wasn't comfortable driving to the rim, taking a lot more threes, taking a lot more deep shots that didn't involve him getting into the paint, 
which isn't surprising. And and they pulled him, decided, hey, this isn't going to really work. Let's put Davon Reed in there. And Denver got some good production from Davon Reed, so that's pretty good. But it is too bad because you want to see Bones play well. You want to see him play a lot in these situations where Denver needs energy. They need a little bit of a boost. And then he goes down with an ankle injury. It just, the hits keep coming. Zeke Naji played in the first half. He did not play in the second half. He sucked. Just was so bad in the first half. And going back and looking at some of the possessions, sometimes even he's involved in the play. Sometimes he's involved as a screener. And there were times where he, he got four shots. He got uh, got to the free throw line as well, where he drove to the rim, got fouled. And that's five shooting opportunities right there that he had. And he was over, over, over four uh, from the field. He missed two threes. He got blocked at the rim twice. And then when he got fouled, he missed both free throws. So he literally provided nothing. And then zero offensive rebounds, zero defensive rebounds. Zero assists, zero steals, zero blocks, zero turnovers, zero fouls. It was a minus eight in nine minutes. It's not great. That is a not great scenario. Uh, in the minutes that Nikola Jokic didn't play, um, it really does show the difference between the first half and the second half that Najee didn't really overlap in a lot of those, but it was just tough. It's tough to see him after the New York game that he had where it looked like he was breaking out. He just he just looks like a completely different player now where sometimes he plays with confidence, sometimes he plays with tempo, sometimes he plays with physicality, and then there are times like tonight where he doesn't really do much of either, much of any of it. So Denver's got to figure him out. They've got to figure out whether he is going to be a solution for them. They went back to Jermichael Green as the center. Um... 22 minutes for Jermichael Green in his return, nine minutes for Zeke Naji, none of them at center. So I am curious to see what they do, curious to see what they want, and not sure I'm going to want the answer. Not sure I'm going to like what the answer is. Jermichael Green was the main pick and pop guy tonight, main pick and roll guy tonight with Faku. Um, first half didn't work. He hit, a th- he hit a three. I'm not sure if it was the first or second half, but he did hit a three tonight, but he was one of four from the field, one of three from the line or from the three. Oh, of one from um, two-point range. And the two that he had was off of an offensive rebound where he had a wide-open put-back layup and just bricked it, just completely missed it. Um, That was the one offensive rebound other than a Davon Reed offensive rebound that the bench had for their entire time. Uh, Will Barton had, had collected two of his misses as well with the starting unit, and I think he had one putback layup there too. But there's not a lot of offensive rebounding for Denver in a situation where they have more size than the OKC Thunder. Uh, they should be better. They should be more physical than a team like OKC, and they just weren't. They just weren't tonight. Uh, Jamichael Green just isn't I, – I just don't see him as the answer. Like, I keep looking at what he's doing, and there are some things that he does well. He grabbed seven rebounds today. He had three steals, and a lot of those were on deflections that he had when Shea was trying to pass the ball into a, a tight window, or Josh Giddy, or they go Alexei Pokashevsky one time, or guys like that, where they're trying to find the passing window, and Jermichael Green's breaking up a good pass, or 
whatnot. Like he's doing some nice things, but then there's just a lack of oomph as a passer, as a scorer, as an offensive rebounder. Uh, there's just not enough there. And Denver could really use a jolt of energy from their second unit, from whoever they get. And I know they're counting on Bones to be that, but he can't be that every night. He's a rookie for one. And if he's going to get injured, like if he is an injury risk at various points, you don't want to put all of your eggs in that basket all the time. So I do think that Denver needs something. I'm not sure what it is. Still going to have to figure it out. But it just like through 30 games in Jamichael Green's return here, it just seems pretty clear to me that this is an, an ongoing issue for them that they're going to have to solve because it's not getting any better at this point. Faku Composo was fine. Oh, and by the way, on that Jamichael Green thing, he was more of a an off-ball guy in the second half. One of the things that they did was they were using Vlaco Chanchar to set screens as opposed to Jamichael Green. He was not in the primary action. Vlaco Chanchar was. He was the guy that was rolling to the rim, made some plays, got fouled. Vlaco was much better in his minutes and his scoring opportunities than Jamichael Green was. And to me, that says a lot because Vlaco should not be like he isn't a really effective screener and roller, in my opinion, because he can't finish at the rim that well. So it is what it is. Faku was fine, borderline good, six assists to one turnover, hit a couple threes, but that just wasn't really enough. Um, He's in a tough position, and it's like I do think that if he had a lob threat, a consistent guy that he could hit for lobs, uh, hit hit in the on the roll where he dumps it off to them, kind of like what he does when when he's with Jokic, and he like Jokic gets that little five foot jump hook a lot of the time when Faku's out there, and Jamichael just doesn't do that. He does he's not big enough to catch that ball. And really kind of punish teams from that spot. He more He's a pick and pop guy. He's a guy who's going to crash to the rim when he's rolling. Not really a guy that's going to pull up from five feet. Denver needs another guy like that, I think. I think they need a guy who can be in the pick and roll, take a competent jump hook, and kind of hit the soft spot of the defense that when they do roll, when a team is playing drop coverage, kind of like what Jokic is doing tonight, They need a Derek Favors type who is going to hit that pick and pop, uh, whether it's a floater, whether it's a jump hook, whether it's a pick and pop jumper uh, in that in the paint, but outside the restricted area. It's such a lethal area if you are good at it, because it frees up the rest of your team. It frees up that pick and roll guard in order to kind of navigate the paint a little bit more, get them a little bit extra space would really help Denver if they had that within the system. They don't. Vaku's penalized by that. Um, Hit a couple threes, but he was pretty trigger happy. So I'm not really going to blame him for being trigger happy, but there are some threes that he took where it was early in the shot clock, not a good shot. And he took them anyway. Now he did hit two of seven threes. So really, like I can't complain about that because he really hurt Denver's average either way. But I think that he can be better. Um, Had two blocks off of strip steals. 
that's what that really is when the guy goes up for a shot as opposed to a pass. So really was a steal, but he was the best perimeter defender tonight. Um, over Aaron Gordon, over Monte Morris, over Will Barton, over Bones, over Austin Rivers, and over Davon Reed. Thought that Faku was the best out there tonight. Austin Rivers' strong offensive game, made some shots, did some good things on the offensive end. The record scratch that he has on the jab step is just going to continue to kill me, though, where he tries to find or he tries to take his time, and when he does that, when he's open, it hurts the team. There was a shot that he popped up there that when he, he shot it immediately off of a Faku pass, that was a really big deal. Uh, it was a nice kick out. Or yeah, it was, I think it was a driving kick. And he hit it and it was a big shot. And and the, the feeling that you get in those situations when he hits that shot, I think is a really big kind of feeling that he could have on a consistent basis. Where he doesn't have to drive to the rim all the time. He doesn't have to kind of throw his body around. But he did go 12 points, 4 of 8 from the field, 2 of 4 from 3, 2 of 4 from the free throw line. Um, another guy who missed a, a couple free throws tonight. There were several guys who missed free throws tonight. But I do think that Austin Rivers, trying to do the right thing as a driver, trying to do the right thing as a, a player who gets into the teeth of the defense, there are times where it hurts Denver's offense when he record scratch when he record scratches. And so as long as he continues to get by those guys anyway, it's okay. But if he record scratches with five seconds left on the shot clock, that's not good. And let's go to Vlatko. Uh actually not really. Like Vlatko, I, I basically said it was Zeke, basically said it with Jamichael. Uh he was the guy who was in the pick and roll tonight. When he was in the second half, he was a plus two in his 17 minutes off the bench. That was entirely in the second half. That was basically the final 17 minutes of the game. Um, so he was fine. It's not a like, not a perfect game from him, but um, I do think that he was kind of the odd man out when Jermichael Green came back. Not really sure that he should be. I think that uh, there is definitely an argument to go with Zeke Najee at center to go with Vlaco at the four, and to continue using that backup unit that Denver had been using with Faku, Bones, and Austin Rivers. Because that's going to be a lineup that Denver can consistently trust uh, to play offense the right way. I, can't, I don't really trust the Faku-Jamichael combo. I just don't get it. I don't think that it's good. And Denver keeps going to it. They, they have to. I understand why, but... Uh, just running Faku Jamichael pick and pops is just, it's just going to kill everything. So, and Davon Reed, seven points, four rebounds, 10 minutes, brought the energy, brought the toughness, even hit a mid-range pull-up jumper in isolation. That was pretty good. Um, and that's all I really have to say about that. So look, Denver's bench, they were fine. They were, they were good. I thought there were just as many guys in the pluses there were in the minus. So that's what you expect from a general bench. It's the starters that if they lose their, their minutes by double digits, then it's going to be hard for the bench to make that up for Denver. Like, pretty, pretty difficult. So, it is what it is. You move on. You live and you learn. That is the NBA. And we're going to talk about why on the other side when we come back.
final segment, Pickaxe and Roll. Thank you so much for tuning in. Okay, I, I teased this on the, the other side that I do think that this is kind of how the NBA is right now, that the effort battle can be really difficult. And for a lot of teams, it's it's just about the state of the NBA and where we are as a team, where not as a team, but like as a as a league, where the Nuggets are having to fight through a lot of things right now. They're fighting through Jamal Murray and Michael Porter being out, with BJ Dozier and Marcus Howard being out, where uh, there's just a lot of players that you can point to. Bull Bull health and safety protocols. It's not just him though. Like if if they're if they test tomorrow, I'm gonna go ahead and bet that they're probably gonna have somebody test positive at some point. Um, whether that happens or not remains to be seen. But I do think that the Nuggets are gonna be in a position for the next couple months where a lot of factors will lend to them playing hard, and a lot of factors will ultimately prevent them from not playing hard at times and. One of them is that it's a long season. That's 82 games. Uh, Denver has a lot of games where they they have been at a rest disadvantage going into tomorrow's game. Uh, Charlotte has been two days off. Denver, they're coming off of a back-to-back where they're traveling. Uh, it is funny that Denver goes from a schedule that they were probably fine with after the postponement, where or like before the postponement, where... Sunday's game against the Brooklyn Nets gets postponed. They would have had two days off as opposed to four. Probably wouldn't have messed with their their rotation as much. And I hope that this doesn't come to bite them in the butt where now they're tired. Now, like now, after all this time where they get four days off, they're tired. And they're in a situation where, oh man, just came off with this ugly loss. We're going to put an effort. But if they hit shots against us, then it might not be a great thing. Like I said, there are a lot of factors to leading into playing hard versus playing not or playing not hard. And Denver's one of those teams that is going to be massively affected by this on a consistent basis because they are a veteran team now. I think it's pretty clear they are not a young team, despite the fact that Nuggets fans have kind of grown with this team. Like this, this team, like these guys have been here for a long time. But they started with Denver, so they still feel like your guys, and a lot of those guys feel young. And like Bones is a rookie, to be clear, and Zeke Howard, or not Zeke Howard, Zeke Naji is a rookie or is a second-year player. But the rest of the group, Jokic is in his seventh year, Will Barton's in his tenth year, Aaron Gordon's in his seventh year or eighth year, um, Jeff Green's in like his fifteenth or sixteenth year. Monte Morris is now a full-on veteran. Was kind of a veteran when he walked into the league. Uh, those players don't have anything to prove. And so it's about finding other ways to motivate yourself, finding other ways to care. And on a Wednesday night against the Oklahoma City Thunder, where they should be relegated at times, when you lose to 70, like when you lose by 70 points to a team in the NBA, it's kind of a big deal. It's definitely a big deal. And so I know a lot of players look at that and they look at the Thunder and they think, oh, they'll, they'll lay down for us too. And then when they don't, it's about finding that motivation to continue playing hard for yourself. And when you know that it's an 82-game season, when you know you're trying to save yourself for the playoffs and that you've got so much effort that you have to expel because other guys are out already, 
it's kind of this domino effect that you get to either choose whether you're going to play hard, whether you're going to start that clock, whether you're going to like, like if you're Will Barton, for example, he played so hard for the first 10 to 15 games of the season. Then he got hurt. And now he's not playing hard. Now he's trying to manage his body. And it looks like it looks really bad. It just looks like a really, really bad place for Will in particular. Other guys see that. Other guys know that. They don't want to get hurt either. Nikola Jokic, despite the fact that he's the MVP, like he wants to save his body so that he gets to play in every single game. How many times do you think that... How many times do you think that he's looked at the schedule, saw that the team went 0-4 when he was out with his injury, and was like, man, if I'd just been there, if I'd just been healthy, then we're going to be okay. He's going to try and save himself from injury as well, as he should. But the fact is, is that the team that plays hard on most nights, the team that plays harder, is more than likely the team that's going to win. Because when the talent is basically equal, that's what generally happens. And I think that Shea outplaying Nicola, Jamal Murray not being there, Michael Porter not being there, you start to look at the talent that Denver actually has and how much flexibility they have, how much wiggle room they have to play less than 100%. It's not that much. And because you have to play hard, you put yourself at risk due to injury. And then you get injured. And then your talent decreases. It's this awful cycle that Denver's in right now because they started a man down. Because then they went two men down. And now three. Now four. And because Bol Bol hasn't been a useful NBA player for the entire life of his contract. Because Vlaco is only just figuring out how to be a useful player. Peter Cornelly hasn't done nothing. Denver hasn't really given him a chance to do anything. But he's done nothing. He could be a player that's on a consistent, like, like hypothetically, if you have Davon Reed in that two-way spot, as opposed to Peter Cornelly, Denver probably wins one or two extra games this season. No lie. Four days off instead of two didn't help. I think it took Denver out of rhythm offensively, but you can't use that as an excuse, and I'm not going to try. And I'm definitely not going to feel sympathy for Denver where they try to feel sorry for themselves because everybody's dealing with this right now. And it's the teams that care. It's the teams that know how to manage it the best. It's the teams that try are going to be the ones that succeed in the regular season. And it's often the teams that build the best habits and ultimately have the best talent that win in the playoffs. So are the teams... Going to build are like are the Nuggets going to build a good habit? Are they going to try? Are they going to realize that they can't or that they don't have the wiggle room and will instead put forth the effort necessary to overcome that? I don't know the answer. I don't. But I do think that it's up to Denver and it's up to Jokic to start. It's up to him to really motivate the rest of the crew. 
and him taking nine shots is not going to happen against the Charlotte Hornets. And if it does, I will be very surprised. Be very, very surprised. We will see. That is going to do for this episode of Pickaxe and Roll, presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook app. Thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate all the love and support. Uh, I will be back tomorrow after going to the Nuggets game to see if they can kind of kick this thing into high gear against the Charlotte Hornets. Uh, But we'll see. We will definitely see what happens. Uh, Either way, thank you so much for tuning in. Really appreciate it. We'll talk to you guys very soon.